Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and you can always find out more about my career at hooverbroadcasting.com. Let's start the podcast. Logan, everybody, I'm Roger Hoover, and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. I'm recording this on Wednesday, August 22nd, 2018, here at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville, where tonight the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp take on the Birmingham Barons. But it's great to be with all of you again on the podcast. We've had a long gap in between episodes from Michael Kopech back on February 13th. And what do you know? He made his Major League debut last night for the White Sox to today's episode on August 22nd, featuring a conversation I had last month with Derek Jeter. But in between, a lot has happened. And of course, the baseball season has started. The last episode, I was getting ready for the college baseball season to begin, and I had a great number of games with the University of Alabama with SEC Network Plus. Also, Alabama women's basketball had another strong run, making it to the final eight of the women's NIT. Spring training with the Miami Marlins was great again. I got to do seven Miami Marlins spring training games on Marlins.com with Kyle Seeloff. And then that led right into the baseball season with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It has been a very busy time, and that is why we have had the gap in podcast episodes. But you know by now, if there is a long layoff in between podcast episodes, that's probably because a lot of good things are happening in the career and with my life, and that certainly is the case. So Appreciate all of you staying subscribed to the podcast, and as we get ready for the offseason, we'll have a lot more episodes coming up since I don't have a baseball game to prepare for each and every night, but I figured today would be a good time to release this episode with Derek Jeter, and I'll talk a little bit more about how I had the opportunity to talk with Jeter last month in Jacksonville. Well, this season has been terrific for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. We've seen a lot of Marlins of the future get their first opportunities either at the major league level or the chance to develop for the first time, maybe at double A, and get to see their dreams come true. It's been a lot of fun, especially in recent weeks, with the Marlins to see Isaac Galloway and Austin Dean make their double A debuts. Both of them spent at least three years wearing a Jumbo Shrimp uniform and just going through the ups and downs in the minor leagues where you thought maybe at times they wouldn't have the chance to play in the major leagues for the Marlins. Both have had that over the last few weeks, so I'm certainly very happy for both of them. Happy for guys as well that are on the current Jumbo Shrimp roster like Monte Harrison, Nick Neidert's also seeing some great work of late from Robert Duggar on the mound. Those are some notable players that are doing well, along with Joe Dunan, Brian Shales. This has been a really fun Jumbo Shrimp team to be a part of, so I'm glad that the season for the Jumbo Shrimp is going so well couple of other notable events that have happened, of course, in late June, we had the death of John Ward, who certainly was uh, one of my two biggest broadcasting idols. I've talked before about the two people that really influenced me more than anybody to get into broadcasting. Of course, the first broadcaster I really heard of, became aware of when I was a kid, Harry Carey, the television voice of the Chicago Cubs, and grew up such a big fan of watching Harry each and every day on WGN television. Then the other was John Ward, and Ward meant so much to me, and it was meaningful as well that I was able to make it back to Knoxville. Uh, My father, it was a crazy story. My dad was able to, I was on the road when John passed away, and that was a big reason why I was not able to record an episode of the podcast and give a true remembrance of John Ward like I have in the past for 
Pat Summit or Jose Fernandez or Ken Sparks, but in the future I will have an episode that's talking all about John Ward, hopefully with Bob Kessling in the next few weeks. But my dad was able to come down to Mississippi, pick me up. We made the trip back to Knoxville, and I was able to attend the service, the memorial service for John Ward, a tribute really to him that was put on by the Vol Network and VFL Films. And I was able to go along with my dad and also Darren Hedrick, the broadcaster for University of Kentucky women's basketball and baseball, and also a good friend and someone that's been on the podcast before. I guess Darren's been on the podcast before too, but Neil Price, uh, who's now the voice of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, uh, the three of us sat together and also we were able to uh, get inside the VIP events for the Vol Network thanks to the generosity of Steve Early and Glenn Thaxton of the Vol Network, plus Link Hudson and Barry Rice with VFL Films. So we got to connect with a lot of Vol Network alums. There's a picture that was taken uh, after the tribute at Thompson Bowling Arena that was taken at the Ray and Lucy Hand Digital Studio on campus at Tennessee of all the Vol Network alums. And I was so proud to be in that picture with guys like Charles Davis, who does such great work for Fox Sports, and with Madden. Also with Ryan McGee, who does great work for ESPN. Chris low of ESPN. It just blew my mind how many success stories there were in that one photo. And uh, all of that is thanks to John Ward. But certainly in a future episode of the podcast, we'll talk more about John Ward and the influence he had on me and so many others uh, that have gone to the University of Tennessee and grew up Tennessee fans. Another notable occurrence was not too long after that. It was July 4th at Hank Aaron Stadium in Mobile where a foul ball came straight back and completely cracked my laptop in the broadcast booth at Hank Aaron Stadium. And uh, the play-by-play call of that was able to go on my Twitter page, SoundCloud accounts, on the Jumbo Shrimp SoundCloud account, and it blew up. It became very viral. There were stories all over the place from Sports Illustrated to SB Nation, Deadspin, MLB, Cut 4. It led to me having interviews in the Knoxville News Sentinel, WATE in Knoxville, went on Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau and Stuart Weber with the damaged laptop as well. And uh, one of the crazier things that it happened that week, and I was still able to use my laptop, still was able to get my name out there a little bit with a call and do some fun things, uh, just hooking up my laptop to the television with the HDMI cord. Luckily, only the screen had to be replaced, and that was paid for in full by the owner of the Jumbo Shrimp, Ken Babby, as well as the front office staff here in Jacksonville, so I'm very appreciative of that, but that was one of the more unique circumstances for sure of this 2018 season, and all of that was happening the week before I knew that Derek Jeter was going to make a visit to Jacksonville and visit the Jumbo Shrimp. Of course, Jeter is the CEO. He's part of the ownership group for the Miami Marlins that took control of the organization since October. They've made a lot of positive changes for the Marlins organization. I saw that firsthand during spring training and have seen it all throughout the year as well on the player development side here at the AA level of the organization. And part of his visit was visiting with me to get his message to our fans in Jacksonville. So we had a great conversation that you'll hear in just a moment. This was recorded at the baseball grounds right before the Jumbo Shrimp took on the Chattanooga Lookouts. But great opportunity to sit down with somebody that, of course, played the game the right way for so long in his career and was one of the best to ever do it, a 14-time All-Star, the six most hits in Major League history, a five-time world champion with the New York Yankees. But that was not the focus of our interview. Our interview is to talk about what he's doing now as the CEO of the Miami Marlins, and I think you'll get some great insights from Derek Jeter.
Roger Hoover, now joined by the CEO of the Miami Marlins, Derek Jeter, who is on hand in Jacksonville to take a look at the Marlins AA club. And overall, you've had a little bit of time around the players, going to walk around the facility for a moment. What have you thought of Jacksonville in the ballpark? A nice facility. You know, I've, everyone's raved about it. Um, this is my first time actually getting an opportunity to come here. So, uh, no, this is a great ballpark. and. We're happy that our AA affiliate is right here in Jacksonville. And for you, this is a time where you're starting to go around the organization a little bit. You had a couple days in Greensboro. What did you see from the single A club? We have some talent. You know, that's that's the thing that I said right when we took over this organization. If you, if you want to have a first-class, sustainable organization, have an opportunity to win championships every year, I mean, you have to stack your minor league system with, with athletes, great athletes and talent. We've been able to do that. We've acquired a lot of uh, great players through trades and, and uh, free agent signings and the draft. Now we need to uh, make sure we help them develop the best that they possibly can. And, you know, we've hired Gary Dembo, who's the head of player development and scouting, and, you know, his group is doing a great job with these players. So, I know our fan base in Miami is excited. It's going to be excited once they finally get to Miami. No doubt about it. You mentioned bringing in Gary Dimbo. First of all, for you, what did he mean in your career? Gary was my first manager uh, when I was 18 years old in the Gulf Coast League down in Tampa. Basically, he was with me every level of the minor league system, and I lived, used to live down in Tampa and worked out at the Yankee minor league uh, player development. And, of course, you bring him in not only in the role of player development but scouting as well, and I'm sure it was fun to be part of the draft process just this past month. It was my first time being a part. Well, I mean, I was drafted, but actually being in the draft room, it's kind of an interesting process. But uh, we were very fortunate. We got the players that we wanted, the players that were on the top of our list. And, and uh, like I said before, now we, it's our job to make sure that we develop them into not only major league players, but uh, first-class individuals. How have you been splitting up your time between the business operations of the Marlins and also the baseball side of things? Quite frankly, I think I've spent more time on the business side than I have on the baseball side. But... Uh, you know, now that uh, we've gotten through the draft, get an opportunity to come see some of our affiliates and see our players. And um, but I enjoy both. I, you know, it's obviously a lot to learn. Uh, you know, I'm the first one to say you surround yourself with very smart and talented people. And, and we've uh, been able to do that in the front office on the business side and also on the baseball side. On the baseball side, some offseason trades bringing in a lot of talent to this organization, especially now we're getting to see them at this double-A level. Monte Harrison in center field, Isan Diaz. There are going to be a lot of guys on this roster you're excited about. There is, you know, and, and uh, you know, a couple of those guys you mentioned were in spring training with us, didn't really get an opportunity to see them. You see this, the reports and you watch the videos, but I always like to see it in person. So I'm excited to get the first opportunity to watch these guys live. And you mentioned you get a chance to see them live today, and you also got a little bit of time to go downstairs and speak with some of the players, speak with the coaches. What was that like for you? It was fun. Spent more time speaking to uh, the coaches. You know, players are trying to get ready for a game, and trust me, I know what that feels like, <laughs> so you try to stay out of their way somewhat. But uh, at this point, you just want to make sure that, that the players continue to develop, continue to improve. I mean, one thing I know being a former player is guys are going to struggle. They're going to you know, have times where they, you know, you're going to have to deal with adversity, and, and that's fun. You know, I have a lot of patience when it comes to that, but you just want to make sure that they continue to improve day in and day out. Heard you talk before about what you learned before the season started, uh, taking over in early October and then getting to opening day. From opening day on, what do you think you've learned most about your role as CEO? There's a lot of work to do. 
You know, there's a lot of work. Um, you know, we're in the office pretty much all day long. There's no office hours for me. So there's a lot of things that we need to fix. And, um, you know, we're going to get there. It's going to take a little bit of time. And, and uh, you know, I've been preaching patience to everyone. But yet at the same time, I'm finding out I don't have much of it. So <laughs> we're going to get there as soon as possible. But, uh, you know, we're building this thing the right way where we can have an opportunity to be sustainable year in and year out. And, you know, we want to be an envy of, of all organizations, not only in just baseball but in all the sports and uh, we'll get there and also with the major league club there are a lot of things to point to each and every game that you can be proud of whether it's young players making their debut or a player like jt real muto today having five hits against the nationals and really getting it done in an all-star caliber way yeah we have some things you know i'm, I'm an optimist by nature so i try to take some positives from every game that we play and, and look the wins and losses we're not where we want to be i'd be lying to you if i said i would be happy uh, but you know we have a group that you know they need to learn how to win sometimes that takes a little bit of time but the one thing that i have enjoyed watching is we have a team that battles we have day in and day out um, they keep fighting and they, they play the game hard and you know if you give me players that do that then we're going to be just fine and then also on the business side of things, uh, you're also getting a lot of new corporate partners in who had never been part of Miami baseball before. And I'm sure you're enjoying getting to meet a lot of new people in Miami and learn about the community as well. I'll tell you what, I think I've met everyone in Miami yeah. over these last 10 months, but uh, you have to do that. Um, I live in Miami now. Uh, we've had an opportunity. You mentioned the corporate partners. We have over 20 co new corporate partners. Um, people that believe in what we're building here. And uh, it's always good to know. So I think one thing that I've been pleasantly surprised by is, is how much support we've gotten from the local community. Let's go on this. When people think about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and the Marlins Minor League organization getting these guys ready to head to Miami, what do you want Marlins Minor League players to be known for? How they handle themselves. Obviously, you want guys to perform on the field, but there's also a way that you you handle yourself. You know, you have to have respect for the game, respect for your teammates, respect for your opponents, and uh, we want our fan base, whether that's here in Jacksonville or in Miami or any other of our, our affiliates, we want them to be proud to be fans of, of the players in our organization. Well, Derek, we're very proud that you're CEO of the Miami Marlins, also a part owner, and we just appreciate you taking the time to come to Jacksonville, get to see our fans, get to see our players play. It means a lot to us, so thank you for joining us on the radio as well. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Well, big thanks to Derek. He was a tremendous guy to talk to before and after that interview was recorded. Really took an interest in what's going on here in Jacksonville and even took an interest in the damaged laptops. So great to catch up with him. I look forward to getting back to Miami in a few weeks for a couple of demo games. I'm going to record at Marlins Park just to get the radio demo reel. That's so important for play-by-play -play broadcasters. I want to make sure that's as major league quality as possible going into the offseason. But can't wait to be back in Miami coming up. Baseball season is almost done, and we will have some more episodes of the podcast coming up now that I don't have a baseball game prepared for each and every night. But look forward to getting back to Alabama, back to Tennessee to broadcast a lot of sports coming up. Uh, we've got some soccer and volleyball already scheduled with SEC Network Plus, so that's certainly going to be a good time. I've got some Alabama football games that I will record as demos like I'm doing in Miami coming up as well. So all good things are on the horizon, but I just wanted to welcome you all back to the podcast. Thank you for staying and subscribed and again we'll have a lot more coming up in the baseball offseason till next time play the waltz roy i remember the night and the tennessee waltz only you know how much i have lost
the night they were playing that beautiful tune. 